Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough, and here is a mini dose of Dr. Debbie where I'm sharing tips, suggestions, strategies, and sometimes just motivation to have you move past your betrayal once and for all. Hi there and welcome. Today I want to talk about, uh, of course, betrayal, but I want to talk about it from a little bit of a different angle. I was listening to Mel Robbins. She did a podcast on the topic of betrayal, and I was hoping she was going to say um, just just some some really good things that would help a lot of people. And in fact, she did. I would love to just give you some takeaways of what I got from her episode and and add something to it if I can. So she was talking about um, betrayal and had two guests come on and they have experienced betrayal, you know, in their own way. And the, the truth is, regardless of how you've experienced it, it's, it's so painful because it's a complete and total shattering of uh, the trust of the person that you, you trusted the most, whether that's a family member, a partner, a friend, a coworker. And it's when you, had these spoken or unspoken rules. And then all of a sudden, without your awareness or consent, someone chose to break the rules. It's completely traumatizing. It's like someone has a mask and they just take it off. And you're like, wait a second, you're not that person I thought you were all this time. And it's, it takes a lot to move through. Of course you can. That's the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. It's predictable. There's an easy way, not easy, but there's a roadmap. Uh, that's the only part of it that's easy to move through it. Anyway, so she said a few things and I just want to um, build on them. One of them was, it's not about you. And that's so true. And if you've listened long enough, you know, I have said this so many times, even though it's done to you, it's not about you. Now, you know, it's like if someone is, they're using a, uh, some other vice to distract themselves and avoid and numb themselves. We don't necessarily take it personally. If someone were, you know, choosing alcohol or heroin or gambling or, you know, whatever other vice it is to numb, avoid, and escape from whatever it is they're trying to run from, we don't necessarily take it personally. When they choose a person, we take it personally. But it's if you could look at that person as one of those alternatives, that's truly what it is. It has nothing to do with you. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean you're not the one deeply affected and impacted by it because you are. It's completely traumatizing. I mean, think about it. This was the person you loved, you cared about, you trusted, who you thought you were on the same page, honoring the same rules, uh, having the same level of integrity and morality. And then all of a sudden you find out that's not the case. And that's where the work begins. Now, she said something else that I completely agree with, and it's this. Once you confront this person, it's, it's an amazing opportunity to see your next best step. Because here's the thing, if you confront someone who has betrayed you and they're, you know, and they somehow, they get defensive, argumentative, blame you, you know what you're working with there and it's not very much. On the other hand, if there's deep remorse, deep regret, deep apology uh, and empathy and all of these things, you have something to work with here. And I have talked about the, um, the window of willingness. I want to share it here again, because it's where you see where you have the most to the least uh, opportunity 
to rebuild if you want to. You don't have to do anything. You can be betrayed and say, that was completely uh, all I needed to see. I have no interest in rebuilding with anybody who could ever do something like that. No one would fault you, you move along. However, you do have an opportunity if you choose uh, according to the window of willingness, you will see it so clearly if it's safe and in your best interest to heal and rebuild, or if it is not. So imagine a window and it's open the widest, representing the greatest opportunity to heal and rebuild. And then you will feel the window getting more and more closed as I go through the different levels. Ready? Level one. The window is the widest open, representing the greatest amount of opportunity to heal and rebuild, again, if you want to. And this is where there is 100% uh, responsibility. This person owns it. They are taking full and complete responsibility. And it, it may sound something like this. I am so sorry for what I did. I can't imagine the pain I caused you. What in the world can I do to make it up to you? Now with betrayal, it's gonna take a lot more than that, but at least you're off to a good start. This person has ha had the wake up call. They get it. They have completely shattered your heart and your trust and they, and they get it and they wanna, they, they, they want to and they're ready to do something very different with that if that's an opportunity. You're gonna feel the window closing a little bit with this level two, ready? You know it's coming when you hear the word because. This is where excuses come in. Well, I did it because blah, 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 blah. I said it because blah, blah, blah. You still may be willing to listen, but if you notice, it doesn't feel nearly as good as when that person just owned it, took full and complete responsibility, deep regret, deep remorse, empathy, wanting to do everything they can to make it right. So level one window is the widest open, full and complete responsibility. Level two, you're hearing an excuse. You still have something to work with if you want to. It doesn't feel though, as you can tell, as good as that level one. Now, watch the window get closed even more with level three. You know it's coming when you hear the word you. Well, I did it because you, blah, blah, blah. I said because you, blah, blah, blah. This is blame. This is blame. This is, I call this one, the two-sided slap. Here you get betrayed on one side. That's the slap on one side. And then you get blamed for it. No, 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 no. This person, it's like a bad game of hot potato. They cannot take responsibility or ownership for what they did. So they feel it's easier just to put it on you. Now, so they may say, well, you didn't give me enough attention. You weren't thin enough, pretty enough, young enough, enough. And then when we believe it, that's the kiss of death right there. That's the, and now here's the thing. This is like narcissism gaslighting 101. The minute you start believing this is the minute you start chipping away at your self-esteem, at your confidence, at your level of worthiness. And it has nothing to do with you. Don't believe this for a second. This is that person's inability to accept responsibility for their behavior. And it's easier on their part to just put it on you. Do not believe this. Level three is very close cousins with level four. And that is complete denial. The window is sealed shut. They are not owning it. They may say, it may sound something like this. I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? You really need some help. I didn't do anything. You're just completely out of your mind. And, and here's what happens. When you're dealing with that level three, coupled with that level four, 
you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, am I out of my mind? Am I making this up? And you want to walk around with a, with a pad and a pen, like, no, no, no. You said this last Tuesday, remember? And you want to prove and, and you want to show, and, and you're, you're thinking that you're crazy. And that's the idea. That's the whole idea. That's how it works. Now, let me, let me bring this up. If a relationship works only when you feel off balanced, off kilter, lacking less than, is that really working? Look at the dynamic of that. Look at how the relationship is working, where you feel, well, it must be me. I must not be enough. I must not, uh, you know, be trying hard enough. If I only try harder, if I tell you how many people I have spoken with who are interested in coming into the PBT Institute at the higher level, our transform program, where they're personally working with me, sometimes I will hear something like, how do I, well, how do I just, what do I do to make him or her look at me differently or accept me differently or, or love me more? And what I'm finding is they're so willing to put in the effort and attention into making themselves different so that this person won't do it again. So that somehow they'll win the love, the trust, the ad admiration, the affection, the loyalty of that person. You are completely wasting your time. And what the guarantee is in this scenario is of this only what you can expect are more betrayals because this is the script that's been written and your health will plummet. That's a guarantee. All of the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, and I'll do a whole episode on that. Uh, if, if Write in, let me know, uh, uh, or tag me on social, let me know you want to know more about post-betrayal syndrome. The symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome show up, these are all stress-related symptoms, when that stress level is so high, you're so hypervigilant, you don't feel safe, nothing really has changed, and, and all of these symptoms start to show up. So here's the thing. If you are working with that level one, that level two, that 100% deep acceptance, full responsibility, remorse, regret, apology, if you wanna work with that, you can. There's something to work with here. Level two, you're getting the excuses, doesn't feel nearly as good, but you still have something to work with here. When you are dealing with a level three and a level four, here's where you heal yourself and you move along. Because at this point in time, this person's at this person's current level of consciousness, this is all they are able or willing to do. Now, I know how hard it is to you're banging your head against the wall and trying to prove and trying to explain and trying this and trying that and trying everything. And at this point, you're wasting your time. All of that energy that you are spending on them needs to be harnessed back to you so that you can gain the strength, the courage, the worthiness, the self-esteem you need to move through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. When you're dealing with that level three and level four, now, and let me, let me just go back a little bit. That shock of betrayal, that's going to put you right in that stage to shock your blind side you're devastated. Your worldview has been completely shattered. And then you move to that stage three. Now, the kiss of death is when you're staying in stage three for long. Many, many, I would say most people who've been betrayed stay in stage three. And you're fine. I'm fine. You're dealing with 
health-related, stress-related symptoms, the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome that you're medicating or suppressing. You're dealing with things like weight issues, sleep issues, digestive issues, hormonal issues, and you're medicating and suppressing. You're getting through your day. Nothing has really changed. And so nothing has really changed. You're fine. And that's it. And everything in your life is a representation of just that. Now, when you move to stage four, this is where you say, you know what? No, no, no. I deserve so much better than that. And you're using your energy to heal. What is it that I need? Who do I want to become? What lessons have I learned from this experience? What will I do differently so that either number one, I don't attract more of the same, because here's the thing. If you are stuck in stage three and it's not your fault, you didn't know there was a stage four or stage five. If you're stuck in stage three, repeat betrayals are a common scenario. And here's why the pattern has been formed. The lesson has not been learned. Nothing has really changed. So if you're like, let's take a, a, a relationship. And let's take a relationship issue where there's been a betrayal and the partner uh, said, you know, promised, oh, I won't do it again. I won't do it again, whatever. And you're like, okay, because you're so brokenhearted and you're so sad and you just want this to go away. Well, nothing has really changed. So you get back together and maybe you have a good couple of months, they're on their best behavior and then it happens again. And you're just so devastated because here's this repeat pattern of betrayal, devastation, hypervigilance, stress-related issues, post-betrayal syndrome, symptoms, all of it. And you just keep getting back together and it's more of the same. Look at the pattern that's been created. Okay, I'm gonna be hurt and upset. I'll get over it. We get over it. We sort of move on. No, when you've been betrayed, when that trust has been shattered, this is the opportunity right here. This is the opportunity to take that space and say, who do I wanna be? What am I settling for? What am I tolerating? And you know what's so interesting? When you, I just worked with a transform member yesterday and she was talking about her husband's repeat betrayals. He betrayed and then he was, re, according to her, really good. And then he had a, um, you know, he had a, another, she said, oh, he, he stepped out and, and he, um, he slacked off. She used a word that gave him such an out. And there really haven't been big, big consequences. And, and I told her, okay, let's do it like this. Do you have kids? Yeah. Tell me the name of one of your kids. And she told me, I said, if your daughter, if your daughter told you this exact scenario, the exact one, what would you tell her? I'd leave. So why is it good enough for the daughter and not good enough for you? You see, we have to be really careful. Now, here's the other thing too. You are the greatest role model for your kids. What are you showing them? What are you teaching them? Now, I'm not saying that betrayal means it's got to be the complete end and that's it with that person. Because what I have seen, I see it with members in our rebuild program. Our rebuild program is for the betrayer. These are people who they are, because I give them the playbook, what to say, what to do, what never to say, what never to do. And they do it and they take it seriously. And we have beautiful new relationships emerge where we have one of the partners in our rebuild program for the betrayer. We have our other partner in a reclaim program for the betrayed. They both do intense work and come out so much better for it. Uh, and you know, those of you who know my story, that was my experience too. I, that was the deal breaker 
when my husband betrayed me, that was the deal breaker. That was the complete and total end uh, of the marriage. He got out of the house and I'm like, okay, here I am, four kids, six dogs, a business. How in the world am I going to do this? This wasn't part of the plan. And there's this grief because you're like, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I planned for. But what if you did? What if you did? What if you needed something so catastrophic to crash and burn so you can realize how worthy, deserving, lovable, whatever that lesson is for you, that you truly are? Trauma gives us that opportunity to learn these things where we may not have learned them otherwise, where we may have settled, where we may have real looked at it like, well, I better just take this because I'm only getting older. Well, I really don't have the money and this person is taking care of my bills. Oh, come on. This is where, what, what can you do? And I get it. If that's the situation you're in, I, I'm honoring that. And what can you do to slowly make that money, get that strength, make those changes? Because you living a life feeling unworthy, undeserving, unlovable isn't fair to you. You're not here for that. And I wouldn't feel so confident in saying that if I didn't see it in our members every single day, moving through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. Those are all stage three thoughts, which bring about more of stage three. And, and be very careful who you're spending your time with when you're in that stage three as well. Because here's where, here's where we typically, someone just asked me this the other day, and they said, what usually happens uh, after a betrayal. And I said, well, this is, you know, I, I have from the study, uh, it was discovered the three groups that did not heal. And these were the groups that were numbing, avoiding, distracting. They ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer, anti-anxiety medication. They started emotionally eating or drinking. They didn't heal. And I, I actually thought, well, you know, the ones who were the hardest hit would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. That had nothing to do with it at all. Because when you would look at the betrayals that I was studying, uh, the ones who were numbing and distracting, from the outside, you'd say, well, that betrayal wasn't nearly as bad as another one, but the numbing and distracting prevented their healing because they weren't really moving through it. You know, we have a saying within the PBT Institute, face it, feel it, heal it. And uh, neglecting to face it, feel it, you don't heal it. You just, you know, days are passing. That's all that's happening. And this is why people can stay in stage three for life and um, more of the same in all, you know, and all, all that goes with it. The second group, this was the group, they had their story, they were sticking with it. And, and I always knew when I would speak to somebody when this, this is who they were because, because the story was so perfected. I mean, they said it, you could tell they've said it hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of times. And if that's who they're, what they're saying on the outside, how many times are they saying it to themselves? It's if, if this is your story, keep in mind here, we don't want to be without a story. We don't want to be without our, uh, you know, our personality or our idea of who we are. So if you've identified yourself as, well, I've been betrayed. I was duped. I was blindsided. I was this, I was that. That was something that happened to you, but that's not who you are. When you say that's who you are, it's very, it's much harder to leave that because you're without your identity. If you do, do you see? So we want to, uh, it, it, yes, you want to acknowledge what you've been through. Of course, you want to unpack it so that 
you can move forward, but that is by no means who you are. This is a uh, this is one of the things as you leave stage three and move into stage four. This this becomes not your life story, but a pivotal chapter uh, in your in your story, moving you to the next. Uh, chapter in your story. The third, the third group, this that didn't heal. This was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of financial fear, not wanting to break up a family, fear of change, fear of the unknown, religious reasons, that was a big one. They did all they could just to turn the other cheek, look the other way. I saw, I saw two things with this group. Number one, a further deterioration of the relationship. And two, this group was the most physically sick. They had the most symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome. Your broken heart can't handle that because nothing is changing. Again, transformation is a, a very personal process. You know, when you picture the caterpillar going into the, the cocoon, uh, he doesn't bring a whole bunch of friends with him. It's and, and think about what goes on in there. This, this caterpillar is willing to be deconstructed, emulsified, unrecognizable from anything it once was. Only because it was willing to go through that does it get to be one of the most magnificent creatures on our planet, the butterfly. The caterpillar doesn't just, doesn't just stick on a pair of wings and say, oh, look at me, I'm a butterfly now. No, it has to go through that messy process in order to become the butterfly, just as you need to go through your messy process in order to become the most healed, whole, healthy, magnificent version of you. And, and just to wrap up my story, you know, the, the betrayal I've been through, and those of you who know my story, it was my family betrayal, and then it was the betrayal of my husband. Now, I had an amazing story, if you think about it. All the people I trusted all betrayed me. And if I spoke to you, you'd give me a whole lot of sympathy. And at the end of that, and I walked away, that's all I'd have. I'd have some sympathy and I'd feel heard. And this is what many people do when they go to traditional therapy or even couples counseling. And we have so many people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma, because what happens is they're unpacking their story. And yes, yes, you need to feel heard. I get that. However, and, and listen, there is a place for that. But when the only outcome is that you're feeling heard. There's not one ounce of that that's moving you towards the next stage. What's the strategic plan taking you from what you've just unpacked to the next uh, level of that? Whatever it is, you know, when you look at the, the degrees of where you need to go to go from this, this sense of feeling so devastated, so traumatized, so broken, you're never broken, bent, and, and all of those feelings to this renewed, rebuilt, uh, confident, empowered version of you. There are steps there. What step are you taking every time you unpack? If you're going to bother going into that rabbit hole, and, and dragging out your story. Don't just drag out the story, come out of it with a nugget of insight, of inspiration. That's worth it. But when all you do is unpack it and you feel heard, check with your body because what you're going to find is, yeah, you feel heard. Mm. Yeah, you're revalidated. But what else are you feeling? You're not feeling much else. But confidence happens. Growth happens. Change happens when you recognize where you're at and do something different in order to bring about a different result. 
It could be something as simple as I was speaking with another one of our transform members yesterday. And this is a, a familiar scenario as well. And she realized that she where repeat betrayals from her partner. And she realized, well, you know, um, I'm always just the peacemaker and I'm always just giving in. And if, uh, you know, my, my husband doesn't want to do something, I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. And so we're starting small with, with these baby steps and even something as simple as if something doesn't feel right to you and you don't want to do it. And we just go along with it. We don't feel good about that. We may feel resentful. We may just regret it. We may feel bad, but one of the things that we need to do is learn who we are and what we want. So if something feels like, well, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work for me. That's not gonna feel good for me. What do you need to do in order to be able to say no to that thing? First of all, you need to recognize that that, that option, it could be a show, it could be a movie, it could be a, 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 a restaurant, wherever it is you're going, whatever it is you're doing. If that's gonna be something that does not feel like something, this version of you that you're building and recreating is uh, is aligned with, then you say no. And although it may seem so hard in the beginning, think about it, working yourself up and saying no, that whole process may take a couple of minutes. Then you blurt out that, no, that's not right for me. And no, I'd rather not, or no, let's do this instead. But when you do think about what you've secured, how much longer is that new feeling of look at me? Wow. I never said no before. That feels kind of good. And now that I've said no to this, what can I do with that time instead? That's more aligned with who I am. You know, I, I talk about this in, um, in trust again, where, uh, I didn't even know I was a highly sensitive empath. I, I had no idea until my betrayal. And I used to do things that were so not aligned with what highly sensitive empaths should be doing. Like, for example, I would go into New York City, you know, Times Square, it, like the energy doesn't get more intense. Or I would, uh, you know, to, to just meet friends and, and, and go places. Or I would see you know, scary action-packed movies. Now for other people, this is energizing. This is amazing. For me, I, I, my it's like every nerve was, on, you know, ending was on edge. It was so wrong for me. I, I would I'd leave, let's say I would leave New York City and, I, and it would take me like a day or two to get over it, you know, or, or this action movie. And I'd be sitting there like, you know, plugging up my ears and covering my eyes. And I realized, what the heck am I doing? I'm a highly sensitive empath. I don't belong in those scenarios. They're just not good for me. So when I when I realized that, it was a new lesson in learning to say no. So when the opportunities arose and, and I was invited, like, you know what? Thanks so much. I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. I'm going to do this instead. Whatever it was. And um, was it uncomfortable? Yes. Was it awkward? Yes. Did I feel better saying no? Yes. So when you think about growth, when you think about growth, it's going to be in that discomfort. You don't grow in the comfort. That's not where growth happens. You've heard, right? Uh, everything you want is right outside your comfort zone. Life begins outside of your comfort zone. I think that was Neil Donald Walsh. So that's, that's what this is. That no, you may start saying is outside your comfort zone. And then you do it again and again and again. And that's how confidence begins. And it's a process. But when it comes to 
healing from betrayal. You know, and and uh, just talking about how um, Mel was addressing that that uh, episode again. One thing she said, and I was so glad she said this too. She was saying that couples who do the work can actually come out of it so much better. Now, I want to be really clear. That does not mean the betrayed does the work for the betrayed and the betrayer. Not not at all. That's not the couple doing the work. That's that's a clear sign that the only one willing to do the work is the betrayed. It's a setup for more pain. And um, you know, I, I talk about this with my brick wall analogy you may have heard before, where I look at, uh, people ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? I say, no. Can it be rebuilt? Yes, it can. It takes a lot though. Um, you know, when you look at a brick wall, the only no- way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick, representing every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy. That's one brick in that brick wall. And that's why it can take a really long time. And then all of a sudden betrayal happens and there's a complete and total shattering of that brick wall. Well, you could look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. You walk away. However, if you are willing to watch the brick wall be rebuilt for the betrayed, that would be your job. You're willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt as you repair everything that was damaged within you. The person who shattered the brick wall has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick. Every opportunity they have to show that they're trustworthy, that's one brick in that brick wall. And that's why it takes time. But here's what I see very often. I see the person who built the brick wall shatters it. They don't have much of an interest in building the brick wall. So the person who's betrayed, it's like, fine, I'll build it. No, that's not your job. That's why you don't feel safe. That's why you're hypervigilant. That's why you don't trust. That's why there's more of the same. We write the script for how people treat us. I am not suggesting for one second that that means the betrayal was your fault. But what I am suggesting is once it happens, it's your opportunity to say, who do I want to be? The old you, you could look at it like the old you is dead and gone. The old relationship is dead and gone. And what do you want to build now? So like in my example, my family They were that level three and four. I had nothing to work with. I healed and moved along. And I'm the most family-oriented person I have. I have have four kids. I mean, six dogs. I had six dogs at the time. I mean, it was all about family. So so the hurt and the pain of that, but the realization that it wasn't about me uh, was gave me the motivation to start doing the work in that way. When it came to my husband, that was the deal breaker. And then when he used the opportunity to transform as well, I was doing my work. I was like, well, that's it. Okay. You know, I mean, what would, what am I teaching my kids here? What am I teaching myself? What am I, you know, and I I was very aware of um, the messages I was sending out and who I wanted to be. And I had no idea there wasn't a roadmap. And I said, you know what? A book isn't getting me out of this jam. I need a whole PhD in it. So uh, when I was in the program, And then it was time to do the study. Of course, I studied betrayal. And honestly, it was just so I could heal and heal my family. I had no idea it was going to lead to the discoveries and then everything else it led to. Uh, But I just became the guinea pig for everything the study proved was working. I just did. I said, if it shows it's working, let me do it. If it's not working, let me not do it. And that was the reason why I was healing to the level that 
that that I did moving through the stages that weren't really understood until it was so evident that that's what this was. And my husband on his end was doing uh, his work uh, because this was the biggest wake up call for him losing me and the kids. And then, um, and then as we started just becoming friends again and slowly dating again, um, it was all new. And here's the thing, for those of you who don't believe a betrayer can change, can you change? If you can change, so can the betrayer. I'm not saying that, that all of them do, many of them don't. Many of them are just on to the next. Their ego is too involved and they're incapable or unwilling to do the work. But for the ones that truly get it uh, and, and you know, have they've owned it and they realize it, this can be the most transformative work for them too. So to wrap all this up, I would say, and I say it within the PBT Institute all the time, betrayal, healing from betrayal is one of, if not the uh, hardest and most transformative things you'll ever do. There is a new version of you waiting on the other end of that betrayal. And this is someone who is so strong, healthy, healed, and whole. This is someone who understands who they are and who they want to be. This is someone who has let go of all the beliefs that no longer serve and only allow in uh, people and things and ideas that do. This is someone who is ruthless with their, um, with their mind as far as uh, retraining. Uh, ever, anything that is no longer a fit is just not allowed in. And you get to, you get to become whoever it is you want. We see it all the time. People who are in stages four and stage five, new businesses are birthed, new relationships, because you're ready for a very different relationship than either with the person who hurt you as two very different people. Um, like in my case, right? My husband and I married each other again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Uh, or they, they, you know, they get together with someone entirely new because they're entirely new. We see new levels of health because you heal from all of the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, new, new passion projects, all these new things that you're now ready for. When you're in your trauma, you're not ready for any of that yet. There's no opportunity for those downloads to happen and those new insights and that new awareness. But, but as you move through the five stages, you see life so differently. You see yourself so differently and you love yourself. You learn to love yourself and you realize this wasn't about me. And I'm going to take such good care of myself. I'm going to treat myself like the precious being that I am. And if I can give that love and care to everyone else, I'm going to give it to myself as well. Uh, and you're going to move through this excruciatingly painful experience so that uh, you become a version of yourself that never would have had the opportunity to show up had the experience not happened. And when you do that, that's trauma well served. So thank you so much. I'm going to bring you so much more uh, deep insights and information on how to get through betrayal, what it, what it does, what you can do, and so much more. So thank you so much. And I'll see you next time. 
You need the right tools, support, and the right community to move through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. And we have all that within the PBT Institute. So join us at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com. There's a version of you who's so confident, healthy, peaceful, and happy on the other end of your healing. And we can't wait to help you get there. We got you. Thanks for listening. And here's to your breakthrough.